what up what up my peoples welcome welcome to the perspectives on imc tv it's your host prime evil it's been a long time and um you know just been busy with a lot of other things and everything but um we're here we're back in full effect and i will want to share with y'all some information and um events that we we have done this week actually today we are partook in the conference by the africa development bank uh, which focuses on the inclusivity of african diasporas in uh, growth and development of the african continent so that was actually a, a good event that i'm gonna do some analysis on on my on what i thought about the whole session and everything it's actually supposed to be a two-day event the first day was today we actually live stream it the full video is actually on the imctv.com website go check it out and um this is just a analysis with other things that is going on in our world uh before we actually even get into the analysis i want to even just talk about some news headlines that are making the waves in um the nigerian news space uh labor party expels presidential campaign director general okupe others for violating constitution uh, the Labour Party in Ogun State has expelled the Director General of the party's Presidential Campaign Council, Don Yoko Bay, over alleged non-financial man- membership status, high-handedness, and financial recklessness. Okupe uh, was on Thursday expelled along ten other accused of breaching the party's constitution. Uh, the state chairman of the party, Michael Shade, disclosed this in Abiyakuta, the state capital, saying that they expelled members that allegedly breached the Labour Party constitution. Uh, Shade, flagged by the National Publicity Secretary of the party, Abayomi Arambambi, and the state secretary, Fiyusola Michael, said Okupe ceased to be the party member after his failure to meet the mandatory constitutional requirements to fulfill membership status. Um, <laughs> this is actually interesting. That's actually why I clicked on it. You know, I just actually saw this before I even said let me deliberate on it. But I think uh, this is uh, the same guy that was in a news conference a few days ago that looked like he's been sponsored by uh, opposition parties to actually cause chaos in um labor party i'm not so sure but from what i'm reading and all of that because there's no pictures in this report uh he's actually the same person i think and it's sad that um when we have some semblance of progress in trying to change the nigerian narrative as far as governance go you still have people that i look as um those are saboteurs that's how i look at, that's how i look at them they are not looking for the benefit the welfare the 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 progress of the nation as as a whole you know what i mean these people are continuously engaging in way to sabotage anything that's going to change the lives of the um the the masses you know let me just put it that way and it, it's ridiculous one thing they keep forgetting is that the problems that have been faced by majority of the citizens is not only affecting those people it's affecting everybody and the lack of security right now i mean it's affecting everybody even the presidency is on high alert because i mean they have had threats from the terrorist organizations you know 
that they're going to come and take over the, the presidential villa in Abuja. So they are high on uh, high alert. They're on high alert, you know. And the presidential convoy has been attacked. That's not nothing, you know. That's no news, you know. So, so it's just crazy. So, you know. But um, we need to focus on things that's going to move the country forward. And we should not be part of uh, saboteurs. We should not try to engage in things for our own benefit. Uh, we're going to move right along into other reports that are coming in. Um, Nigerian presidency, power drunk first lady Aisha Buhari, bar remanded students. Mohammed from receiving visitors and phone calls. Um, the presidency... The wife of the president, Nigerian First Lady Aisha Buhari, has barred visitors from visiting inmates at the Suleja Correctional Center, Niger State, following the remand of 500 level students of the Federal University to see Aminu Mohammed accused of criticizing Mrs. Aisha Buhari. According to reports gathered exclusively from officials at the facility, there was an order from the First Lady barring all forms of visitation to Aminu or anyone at the facility since he arrived at the facility on Tuesday. Our sources said no one is allowed to see Aminu. Since he was brought in on Tuesday, no one has been allowed to visit and it says an order from above. Uh, also, Amino has been said to be starving since he arrived there uh, because he had no money and there's nothing anybody can do since his family has not been allowed to visit him. Uh, all the reports reported that uh, the wife of the president, Aisha Buhari, was one of the witnesses listed by the prosecution team to testify against Mohammed, who criticized her on Twitter. On Wednesday, reports came in that the police had secretly arraigned Mohammed before a federal capital territory high court and remanded him in prison custody. Uh, Mohammed was arrested for tweeting that Aisha Buhari was feeding fat on people's money. Uh, the finding yesterday in the Department of Environmental Management and Toxicology in June 2022 posted on Twitter that Mrs. Buhari had suddenly added weight after taking part in plundering the nation's meager resources as the, mass, as the masses endured hardship under her husband's regime. <laughs> um, it's crazy that um, this is the kind of theatrics that the officials, high officials of the Nigerian government are actually engaging in. Um, it's just crazy that under this presidency there has not been any freedom of speech um, you have to be it's like people you just walking on eggshells man you know because anything you say can can lead to your death actually you know just imagine this because somebody made a comment on twitter that the president's wife is feeding fat on the meager resources of the nigerian uh, nation you know, she got him arrested. I mean, he's not saying anything that's wrong because that's exactly what they are doing. Because while the country keeps going through problems, through turmoil, you see these people are still gallivanting all over the world. Um, just recently, she, I don't know exactly, maybe in the course of one year, in the last year or so, she had a high profile wedding for a daughter, you know, and 
all the shopping was done you know what i'm saying in uh dubai if i'm not mistaken she has been staying in dubai for almost a better part of a year you know so these are things that are known and all of this have been done on the nigeria's uh resources so the young man is not saying anything wrong by saying that you know i'm for sure that he's frustrated because he's in he's a he's a university level student and um as we all know the nigerian um uh, uh universities have been on strike for almost nine months so that means this is somebody that has actually suffered from the incompetence of the nigerian presidency you know so they might not you know they might think that he doesn't have a say or he doesn't have a stake but he has a stake this guy has suffered so he has the right to vent his frustration on the people that he feels needs to be talked to you know i mean to bring sense into their head because that's exactly what they are doing they are feeding fat on nigeria's resources there's no doubt about that because uh, i mean when they're spending money and they're going shopping all over the world it's nigerian resources they, they they're using to to do those kind of things you know all in this we're going to move forward um this is coming from past president um Olusego Basanjo, um, he said God allowed Nigeria get away with stupid things. Uh, former President Olusego Basanjo said Nigeria has got away with a lot of stupid things because of the love of God. Uh, he said the country should blame itself for failing to use the resources given to it by God. Uh, former President Basanjo spoke during the official launch of the Letterman by the editor-in-chief of Premium Times Musikielu Mujid on Thursday in Abuja. Uh, the 492-page narrative non-fiction titled The Letterman Inside the Secret Letters of Former Nigerian President Olusegun Obasanjo X-rays the role of letter writing and leadership governance in politics. Uh, it focuses on the former president and his fondness for speaking bluntly to subordinates, superiors, associates and foreign personalities two letters not minding the reactions that the letters might generate uh basanja said i believe that god is a nigerian <laughs> shakuka may not agree with me because god loves us so much that we have done so many stupid things and he allowed us to get away with these uh, stupid things uh, he further stated that he sincerely hoped that god's patience has no limit of elasticity because if he does there will soon be a day that god will say no i've had enough and if God says he has had enough, it doesn't matter. Uh, Musikulu can write 20 books on lettermen and letterwomen, it won't help us. Uh, he lamented that the country had not lived up to its expectations. According to him, global leaders consulted with Nigeria before decisions were taken in Africa, wondering how the country fell from such lofty heights. I mean, that's some of the frustration of what I was just saying, you know, about um, the governance situation in Nigeria that uh, this former president uh, is just reiterating right here, you know. Uh, what he said is good, but um, it is what it is, But because he's one of those people. He's been in the political space in government for a very long time. He has um, countless opportunities to actually make great changes in Nigeria, and um those changes were not made you know so i know he's, he's an older man and he's just passed on um, the times that he, he governed nigeria but maybe he's saying all of this out of regrets that i wish i did you know what i mean but um 
it is what it is and how we hope that the future leaders that are coming up the people that are trying to take over governance in nigeria are listening to this kind of things you know letting 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 them know that nigeria has gotten to a place where it has to make a positive change if not there will be no return from that there will be no there will be no nigeria let me just put it that way you know what i'm saying because um, that's why the ex-president said that i got i'd allowed nigeria to get away with a lot of stupid things because there have been countless things that have happened in the nigerian political space that uh, should have disintegrated the nation but um, the nation is still standing strong even the u.s and other western powers have predicted a long time ago that nigeria would disintegrate you know and um, the country is still standing strong and um, i've said it myself like just take into account the amount of money that have been looted by past and our present leaders of nigeria and it's just um, crazy how the country is still standing strong you know so that just tells you the kind of country nigeria is uh, the capacity and the potential of that country even with all all the negativity that is happening to it right now the country is still standing strong so we hope the country continues to stand strong and move forward from the nonsense that we're going through right now and move forward with positivity and progress other news that's uh we're going to talk about uh south africa's president ramaphosa may resign over crime scandal uh south african president Cyril ramaphosa has lost the political backing of his party the african national congress and may resign following an advisory report of his violation of the constitution uh, the local media reports that the president is very likely to announce his resignation as head of state in the next few hours. In accordance with the constitution, Deputy President David Mabuza, a former premier of Mfumalanga, will step in as acting president until parliament votes for a new president. According to our reports, Ramaphosa will also pull out as our ANC leader and not seek re-election. Uh, it is expected that whoever voted as the next ANC president mid-December will be sworn in as state president at a special sitting of parliament at the end of the month. A uh, reliable source said Ramaphosa did not have to be convinced of the case to resign. He said the president himself said it was in the best interest of the stability of the country for him to resign. Uh, there's nothing we can do now, the source said. Uh, the pressure to step down mounted on him following the fallout of the release of the report on uh, Fala Fala. The Section 89 panel chaired by retired Justice Sandil Nkobo made serious findings against Ramaphosa. Uh, Fala Fala is a farm gate scandal which Ramaphosa was accused of covering up a, a $4 million theft from his farm in 2020 including kidnapping and bribing the burglars into silence. A three-volume investigative report revealed that he abused his position and may have broken an anti-corruption law. Ramaphosa has denied any crime and said only $580,000 of cash was stolen. <sighs> Crazy. African leaders with their corrupt practices and uh, corrupt intentions um, that's what this is but uh, you know what I, I like about this story and why actually I lighted it is to showcase that at least 
seem like the law is working in South Africa. You know what I mean? So kudos to them in South Africa. Seem like the law is, is working. Um, presidents are not just doing whatever they like to their citizens and with impunity, as is the case in Nigeria. Because, I mean, if the law walk halfway, as is going on um, in South Africa right now, a lot of the madness that's in governance in Nigeria will not be happening. You know, it's because um, there's no rule of law and um, it's just total impunity. That's why a lot of the nonsense that's going on in Nigeria is happening. And that's why the country is not seeing the progress it needs to see. I mean, South Africa is like, we are neck to neck with South Africa, man. You know what I mean? At a point, we had the highest um, uh, economy than uh, uh, South Africa. But uh, that's not the case right now, you know? Uh, like former President Obasan just said, a lot of these retrogressive policies have been in, coming into place in the last seven, eight years that has not done anything good for Nigeria and everything. So kudos to the South Africans for the rule of law that is being applied, you know what I mean? So uh, we hope Nigeria will get to that point where nobody is above the law, where everybody will answer for their actions. Other um, things I wanted to highlight, uh, Governor Gazu signs women inheritance bill into law in Abia. You know, uh, the Abia state governor, KZU, assigning to law the bill that guarantees women's right to inherit and own property in their father's family. Uh, the governor in a statement signed by his spokesperson, Oyebuchi Ememanka, on Wednesday disclosed that the development was in conformity with international best practice and also intended to eliminate all forms of discrimination against women in Abia State. Uh, the law titled The Female Person's Right of Inheritance of Property Law 2022 was sponsored by the Speaker of the Abia State House of Assembly, Chinedu Oji, and passed by the House on 16th of November 2022. According to the statement, Governor Kweazu believed it has become anachronistic to continue to treat females as second-class citizens, even in their own families. Uh, while signing the law, Kweazu appreciated Abia State appreciated Abia State Assembly for dredging up enough courage to pass the bill, which is described as historic, positively disruptive, and capable of setting society on the path of equal opportunities and sustainable development. Uh, this is coming two months after River State Governor Yeson Wicked signed a bill which all women to which allow women to inherit family property into law. You know that that that's a good thing. I just want to highlight that also because I didn't know those kind of um, retrogressive policies are still are still around. You know what I mean? I didn't know those kind of policies were still around. But um, it's good that um, people, governors, um, uh, some we have progressive people. You know, because where I come from, women inherit the properties you know from their families you know so that's not something new so but yet the the male always have like you know they have their top let me just put it that way but women still inherit something you know but uh 
it's good that we're getting progress for women in Africa because um, it's needed because uh, we need women, educated women, you know, to uplift the African family, to build the African society, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it's, it's, a good, it's a good move by the governor of Abia State. That's what's going on in um, little news that we, we're picking up. But uh, I want to just um, touch on the, the conference that happened today by the African Development Bank. Um, the title of the conference is called uh, Leveraging. Um, let me not let me not kill this one. Let me not kill this. One. Let me let me let me check, people. It's called Leveraging the African Diaspora for Inclusive Growth and Sustainable Development in Africa. You know, this was a definitely a good program. Um, I enjoyed being part of it. You understand what I'm saying? It, it was uh, it was a program that 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 you had on the president of the African Development Bank was there. His Excellency Dr. Kimumi Adesina. Um, you have different excellences, different personalities, different speakers. Tanya Dosav. Adewale, Dr. Victor Ladoko is the moderator. Uh, you have uh, Professor Kevin Chico Rama. Uh, Mr. Albert Muchanga. Uh, like I said, Dr. Akimumi Adesina was there. His Excellency Musa Fakim Muhammad, uh, Chief of the African Union Commission, was represented by Excellency Dr. Monique Nsanzambangwa. Uh, His Excellency Dr. Antonio Vitorino was there. It was a whole bunch of people, so it was a, it was a, it was a good event that I was focusing on ways to engage the African diaspora in development in um, in Africa. Um, that's why the theme of the event was called Development Without Borders. Like I said, it took place today and it's going to be happening again on the Eastern Hemisphere. Um, 7 a.m. GMT time, you know, for those people that want to check it out. Yeah, more than likely we're going to live stream it, but that's 2 a.m. our time, so we're going to see how that's going to work. So, more than likely we're going to try to live stream it, but the one for today is on our website, imctv.com. Go check it out. Like I said, it was a, it was a positive, um, it was a positive conference. And uh, after the main conference, it was broken out into sessions for a couple of hours. Uh, sessions that uh, focus on securitization of remittances. Uh, session on diaspora bonds. Uh, session on trade and investment. Session on research, innovation, knowledge, and technology transfer. Uh, session on brain circulation. No. So this this is all good, great topics that um, we have African expertise in and we're trying to look for a way to actually harness this knowledge and let it be beneficial for the uh, African continent. You know, there was a lot of points raised, you know, a lot of uh, fears because a lot of people, the main thing people were, were pretty much concerned about is the enabling environment. You know, when we talk about the enabling environment, you know, we know there's a lot of corruption in Africa. You know, when you have projects like this, you know, a lot of our people back home want to want to take over. You know, even in the conference today, we had people. There was conversation about Africans in diaspora and Africans at home, how 
there's that friction between them because Africans at home feel like Africans in the diaspora look down on them and you know vice versa Africans in the diaspora feel like Africans at home you know don't want them to come in and you know to be part of the development in Africa so you know there's that friction going on so it has to be stated that we should not look at it like we're in a competition that we should look at it as we have we both have something to bring the Africans at home they have knowledge on the ground and those Africans in the diaspora they have knowledge from their travels that it can bring that people at home might not even have a clue that these things even exist you know so we shouldn't look at it as a competition we should look at it as a beneficial symbiotic relationship that is needed i mean even examples were made of other diaspora communities like india you know that have harnessed the potential of its diaspora community that's why india right now is one of those one of those strongest countries when it comes to IT you know because those were deliberate attempts by the India government to ensure that India becomes a big player in the IT in the tech world same goes with uh, with China you know with their manufacturing and, and all of that those were deliberate attempts to make them big players so those are things that we as Africans need to emulate and transfer to the development of the African continent you know we have to make deliberate attempts you know to to put strategies on ground that will move Africa from being dependent on the Western world on being dependent on our own self you know with an institution as the African Development Bank it can set that foundation that is needed you know because it's a bank for 55 african countries you know the african continent in itself is is bigger than a few continents put together you know what i'm saying so that's the whole point right there so we have to be able to engage strategically with the african diaspora community and uh, without feeling that oh this person is better than me or I'm better than this person without you know we, we, we should not do that and we should not do things based off of what we can gain because that's one of the things too that was brought up when you start having a lot of money being spent being put out you know a lot of people eyes they want to be part of it you know what i mean even when they don't even have the qualification that's one of our problems too and that's one of the things that were raised during some of these uh, plenary sessions that that, that were had today at the conference that we have to have a way to vet our african diasporans you know even if it has to do with an african database of professionals so when somebody comes and say oh we can provide this kind of services quality services we know okay this person can actually provide this level of quality service unlike the case that is prevalent right now around africa where people where let me just put it at uh, uh round pegs have been put in square holes you know what i mean so we don't want situations like that we want people to be responsible for their actions and to be committed to what they're doing you know what i'm saying so like i said this conference was a great initiative and they were calling 
on the African leaders. You know, all of these things that were done today are going to be put into official communiques and all of that and sent to the different African leaders. You know, because they were even proposing for a proposal of even setting up a, a ministry of diaspora of diaspora affairs in all the different African countries. You know, that they we have to really harness the potential of our African diasporas and when we're talking about our African diasporas we're not just talking about people that were born in Africa we're talking about those our brothers and sisters that were sold into slavery the descendants of those our brothers and sisters those are African diasporans too so it was a pleasure to have ambassador I think it was Terry Bennett she was part of the conference today she actually she's a descendant as she said she's descendants from slaves and everything like that but she has gone back to africa to reclaim her roots you know from what she she was being said today in the conference she went back to africa and um her and some other black americans that went back and i've settled in ghana you know they have homes in africa and all of that and then trying to engage in ways to actually sustainably develop and help honest the full potential of the african continent so that's where it's at now you know what i mean we need to focus because the potential we have is endless man like i tell you the the we as black people we don't need to strive too much if we need what we need to do is come together and i've always said this we the black black diaspora africans through slavery and that diaspora africans that travel here in whatever way we need to come together with our brothers and sisters that are still back home you know and we need to work together because africa can take care of itself and its children that's just a fact but we as the children of africa have to know how to manage the wealth of africa that's the thing you know what i'm saying so we need to focus on that and come up with a, a suitable framework that's why i'm so glad about this uh, foundation that has been laid by the african development bank it's a great foundation it's a way to bring people of different skill set in and to see how we can keep this going and um bring the true development that we're looking for for the african continent yo that's just my analysis of the conference today i don't want to get in too much like i said the the full conference is on the website you know go to um imctv.com and um it's right there you know go check it out and um enjoy the content again the name of the conference the, the theme of the conference is leveraging the africa diaspora for inclusive growth and sustainable development in africa and as uh it was hosted by africa development bank and um other great stakeholders like the united nations uh the immigration the un immigration different different organizations so it was a great it was not a waste of time people so like i said it's on our website check the full conference video is on there and uh, i thank you again this is your boy primeval you know the perspectives on imc tv apologies again i know it's been a long time since um we've um you've heard our voice you know what i'm saying heard my voice but i'm here you know i'm here i'm motivated you know i feel good i'm glad to be back and i'm glad that you're here listening to our our, our, our talks you know, and rants you know but uh once again we appreciate you this is your boy primeval imc tv perspectives on imc tv and uh continue to support us 
one love and we keep this going one